typically culturally in African-American community, the highest seat of authority was the preacher. So imagine people setting their sights on authority, but they don't want to set their sights on spirituality. They do what's necessary to get in that seat. So the minute somebody bring correction to what they're saying is religion or spirituality, branch off and start their own ideology. This is why you have theological differences. Instead of denominationalism, they have theological or denominational theology, which simply means we believe this. Oh, we believe this. Oh, we believe this. Oh, we believe this. Oh, why don't y'all just use all of it? I pastor a non-denominational, non-affiliated church. What's up, what's up? This is the Child by T Podcast. We'll get real, raw, authentic conversations. I am your host, T. And to the very far right of me, we got my brother, my dear brother, the honorable, the inconquerable Roscoe. Tell him what's up, Scott. What up, what up? And of course, in the back on the ones and twos, we had a man, the myth, the legend, the man who makes all of this possible, Demo. Tell him what's up, Demo. What up? How y'all doing? How y'all doing? And we got a special guest today. Somebody who I've been looking forward to uh, having on and actually having a conversation with. I've heard a lot of good things about you. Praise God. We got Pastor D. Hello, everybody. I'm glad to be here with you, brothers. Roscoe and T. Demo. <laughs> Sound like a something out of a magazine. Roscoe T. <laughs> I'm talking D. about. Come on. Me as the leader. <laughs> Can't leave that out. <laughs> <laughs> How you feeling, Pastor D? I am well, man. Life is good. Sitting here with young fellas, man, who got vision for life. Where I can be a part of it, man. I want to be a part, so I'm good. I, listen, I ain't on no job interview, man. I want to get to it. What yeah. you got for me today? What's, I, what's I do, in your heart? I do want to say something, though, real quick. Real quick before we get into all of that. Because uh, you just said something like, I um, kept, I babysitted, like, you know, two of my cousins. And, of course, I had my son because I got a son. Okay. And, like, just seeing them run around and just play, that gave me such a, a youth, like, uh, a feeling of like youth like even though i'm not old or anything i'm not yeah. you know, but it just gave me a feeling of like youth and just feeling well like is that kind of what you you going through or what you mean when you say what you say yeah at 45 years old man and being the life i lived i probably lived the life two lives mm-hmm. two lives mm-hmm. right and whenever i get a chance to pour back in the generation behind me man i'm i'm hungry i'm hungry to do it i'm eager because i know i know things you can't know yet right not Absolutely. that you not that you won't know mm-hmm. but because of the experiences I've lived through, I know that there are things that I can say to help you offset some of the drama that's ahead, right? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. I just had a lady on the episode named Chelsea Moore. Mm-hmm. Um, she was speaking about how she got advice from her friends, which that's that's okay. But I told her, forget them. Don't worry. Not necessarily forget them, but I'm pretty sure they're extremely intelligent. But at the same time, you have to go to the elders. You absolutely. have to go to somebody who has wisdom. Because we're not looking My for My best friends are in their 70s. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Absolutely. Why? They've already crossed bridges I haven't even faced yet. Yeah. Not even thinking about, probably. Yeah, my mother is 72. Yeah. So I was yeah. blessed with that early yeah. on. Yeah, there's no that, doubt about it. Yeah. Have that person. I think, I, think, I think telling somebody to cut their friends off is a hard lesson to receive, but you got to know where they fit. Mm-hmm. When somebody's been through what you've been through, they know yeah. what you know, mm-hmm. pretty much, mm-hmm. right? And they know you. Mm-hmm. Friends, are some of the, friends are some of the most, it's a very different paradigm. 
because friends like to shelter shelter you and protect you. For sure. Mm-hmm. So sometimes they'll say something knowing, knowing how you're going to react depending on whether they want to deal with it that day. Mm-hmm. They're not going to yeah. give you truth. Yeah. They're just going to give you, look, I don't feel like dealing with no drama, so I'm not going to tell them, no, yeah, you keep on going. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Yeah, but what they're really doing is self-preservation because yeah. they don't want to deal with your ego. Right, right. I was just uh, telling Keenan the other day, I said I lost a lot of friends because I didn't say what needed to be said. Mm. You know what I'm I was trying to shelter their feelings, you know, if I would just went on said what needed to be said and not worried about their feelings, they'll still be here with me today. Growing up where I grew up, truth was in your face 24-7. Like, it's funny in your intro, you say you get raw perspective, right? Most people don't really know what that is because raw hurt. Yes. Like, yes. raw perspective hurt. For sure. And I think for me, because I grew up in an environment where that was the only, that's all we knew. It was raw. was raw. It I never defined it as that way. Mm-hmm. I just defined it as growing up on the west side of Chicago. It was normal, normal. This is, it, was a norm, it was a normalization of yeah. it. So it was, and I'm not glorifying it, and I'm not saying it's 100% right, but I will tell you this, it's most beneficial. Yeah. For instance, my mother would say, you can't go to his house. I'm like, Why can't we go to his house? Because it's a house to ill repute. It wasn't no like, because I said so. No, no, it's a house to ill repute. Mm-hmm. Anything go over there. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. if I'm getting a whooping, I say, well, what you call this? I ain't, I ain't what you call mama. Yeah. What you call dead now? Because at their house, they got to do whatever they want to do. Yeah. In my mom's house, it was a level of discipline. My dad came home, it's a level of discipline. So just having that understanding, like, we, even when it's kids, like, yo, I saw my first murder. I was 10 years old. Real talk. Barbershop story. Um, my barber name was Dre, Andre. Andre used to wear the Mr. T clip with the feather on it. You smoke weed. <laughs> so Andre would go get high, come yeah. back. Mom says, if you let Andre cut your hair, you can go get an orange pop. Cool. Talking about environment. Uh-huh. Andre go out back. He smokes weed. Come back. He said he'd cut the best when he hot. Come back. <laughs> cut me up. I'm tight. Yeah. I'm a little kid. Uh-huh. Mom takes me across the store. It's on Central and Lake. It's a store called Three Stooges. Anybody from Chicago familiar with it? At the time, it was called Three Stooges Liquor Store. I go into Three Stooges. We walk in the door. Man, put a gun in my head. I'm a kid. Put a gun in my head. I look at him. Say, I ain't scared of you. My mother said, Donnell, please be quiet. I said, I ain't scared of him. Mother grabs me by the face, muffles me. He says, come back in, lady. I step in. The clerk didn't want to give up the money. Mm-hmm. Brains, eye hanging out. Mm-hmm. The other clerks, all beer, everything in the floor. They made all the clerks get naked. They're in the um, freezers. Mm-hmm. And they take us to the back. They're robbing the store. It's like 9.30 at night. Mm-hmm. I grew up in that. He says, count backwards from 100. I just learned that. <laughs> and I'm sitting in the back looking at all these grown people crying. I said, what y'all scared of? What's wrong with y'all? You know, I'm looking at them like something was wrong. But we grew up where it was like, there was no filter. I didn't grow up shelter. I grew up raw, so yeah. And that was your, that, was that your introduction to things or you had already experienced things before that? That was the first time I saw a dead body. But, right. the you know, growing up in the 80s, 70s, 80s, and 90s in Chicago, you had to think we went through the epidemic of crack. We went through the epidemic of AIDS. We went through the epidemic of heroin. So I went through all those transitions. Mm-hmm. And um, I got to witness them all in different stages. But nonetheless, it was just, it was, I hate to use this word, but the environment was toxic. Toxic, yeah. for sure. I didn't have a toxic home. Mm-hmm. My pops was in the military. Mm-hmm. My mother was, you know, a stay-at-home mom. I didn't, they, they made sure our house was right. Yeah. But they had to prepare us that when we left that front door, man. You step outside, it's yeah. everything. Yo, like, yo, you got to know right now. We're not mm-hmm. doing what they're doing out there. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I was a teenager and I was faced with, 
you know, the peer pressure of you better choose what you're going to do. Because when I was coming up, if you want a nerd and you better be all on a roll, like glasses with the tape in the middle nerd, yeah. <laughs> or you better be a baller. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You better pick what gang you're going to join. If not, you're going to get murked. It's yeah. gonna be over. It's gonna be a wrap. You done. So you had no choice. But There's no listen. Well, no, I'm I'm neutral. No, you, you better like the Bible. Choose you choose ye this day who you go serve. And even if you decided to, it would have been a situation where people from other neighborhoods would have still attacked you just from you being associated with the most neighborhood. Definitely, right? Most definitely. Most definitely. If you notice, I'm. If you notice, guys who um come from the city typically they either pierced up right, they got an ear piercing on the left, or they got an ear piercing on the right. Well, you notice today a lot of guys got two earrings because in the 80s and the 90s, you identified as a certain, I'm, I'm not going to name drop gangs, but it was a certain gang that was warriors in the left and there's all the mm-hmm. right. Well, what, what happens if you got to move? <laughs> they tear the projects down. Yeah. You got to go from the yeah. west side, you got to go to the south side because that's where affordable housing mm-hmm. is. But you can't go out there with your ear pierced on the left. Right. You're going to get killed. Right. So now you got to put two earrings in. Mm-hmm. All right, we back. Now you telling us about the earrings. Yeah, so you got to think. Prior to the gang hype in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, prior to the 90s, where you had a lot of um, moving pieces economically, mm. you had guys who could afford to be over here for the rest of their life because that's where the financial, you know, support was at, right? right? But when the when the city started tearing down projects, and now you got you got people who never met each other having to live next door to each other, but they're in different gangs, and some of them were in the same family, mm. right? Like, you had family members who had to choose each other, mm. Right? Well, just prior to that, two earrings was for homosexuals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how you deal with that? Yeah. Nah, for real. Yeah. So it was just a lot of shifting that went on based on, you know, the welfare system, housing availability, um, jobs, all that stuff shifted. And gangs, you know, once crack hit, it wiped the gang culture out, changed it totally. And, you know, I know I, I see enough stuff on TV today to understand that violence is an epidemic, right? I'm not saying that there aren't gangs, but the way it was designed, it was about protecting your community. The initial gangs in the 70s were set up to protect black communities from Italians and Irish. Mm -hmm. They weren't set up as drug dealers. No, they were enforcers. We're going to keep you from coming over here and tearing up our houses, burning up our houses. We're going to keep you. So that was why they were formed. They were Mm -hmm. block captains and block protectors. Mm -hmm. Well, the minute... You put a bunch of power in the hands of a bunch of teenagers, yeah. you end up with something different. Yeah. And you introduce drugs. We're talking about money. It's capitalism. It's a system. It's systematic. Like I said, I think I told you all this earlier. Dr. Martin Luther King said the systematic oppression of Chicago was worse than all the South put together. Yeah. He moved on Roosevelt and in, right off Independence. He moved into like the worst community you could move in if you never lived in Chicago and he was there a few months and he was out with all his power mm. with all his resources there was nothing he could do I can't do this too yeah. much chaos that's what it was control chaos if I was to ask you all this and I'm not to quiz you not like you should know but one of the most popular terms in Chicago is that we were called the windy city mm. would y'all know why because of the windmills or something the right? wind off the lake that's what oh, people say yeah. no the Windy City was called away because of the politicians. They say one thing, but they do something else. So the people y'all say, I ain't doing them a bone of a bunch yeah. of wind. Yeah. It, was no, it was no loyalty. It was like they was only loyal to themselves. So yeah. you take a political system that's corrupt, and then you take a street system, and they got to coexist. It's very difficult. It, it sets an atmosphere where you grow up, and truth, truth, truth matters above everything. So would you say at the heart of, like, 
all the violence and stuff going on in Chicago. That's that's a big reason for it. There's no doubt about it. But but I would I would venture you to do some research and look at the violence in any major city, for any sure. major for city. Sure. And what you will see is violence now. The difference is it's not as bad as it was 25 years ago. Really, I guarantee you. It's just Look, social media. Thank you. Got you. It's amplified more. Because when I was a kid, they didn't come to my neighborhood. Mm. Why? They knew. Don't come over there at night. So if you go and look at the news reports from the 90s or the 80s, you would see murder on the west side. And it'd be a picture of a gun. Yeah. Because <laughs> ain't nobody coming over there with no camera. <laughs> yeah, I want to see. Yeah, I wanna see. No, no. They can't they come. They can't come. Mm. But now everybody has a camera. Yeah. Everybody has a, their phone. Yeah. Changes everything. And then you add in the uh, you know the growth and the popularity of like artists throughout Chicago, and, and then it adds even more to it, right? Yeah. No. So all right, we had a young lady on from Chicago. We actually couldn't even air the episode uh, because it didn't go through. So my question is, what is the reasoning <laughs> behind like all the vibes? Like, how can we fix it? It won't be fixed. It won't be fixed. A lot of people say that. No, no. It won't be fixed because you're talking about a six million plus population. Right. How do you get six million people to agree? Like, that's what you're dealing with. Now add to the metropolis another six million because of the surrounding cities and counties, and then right. add to it that you're backing up to Lake Michigan, mm-hmm. which means you're like you're like a three sided town, mm-hmm. right? So we put the money near the water. Right. That's the Gold Coast, right? Mm-hmm. That's where all your rich are, right? Mm-hmm. And then we put everybody else, and the further you get away from the water, the the poverty increases. Mm-hmm. Which part of the town you think they're gonna provide the best services for? Here's the water. <laughs> yeah. How do you fix that? You, you think they're gonna leave them? Yeah. And see, no, if we take some of can't. these new drama, some of these new young cats who really don't care about borders, they don't have literature and law, they don't understand. Mm-hmm. They're trying to take the drama downtown, which is increasing federal response. So now instead of, you know, and God bless young cats who believe it. Now instead of defunding the police, they're adding even more money to the budget for police because you all have come over here. Like I don't know if you all saw this a couple of months back when they had uh, a young rapper get killed in like a luxury store, Gold yeah. Coast, Chicago. Yeah, BG'd up. Yeah. You yeah. think they're gonna let that go on every week? No. Nah. No. Nah. That ain't going down. <laughs> yeah. So now because of that, those type of systematic oppressions, man, they exist. Here's 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 my thing. One, godlessness. The Bible teaches a lesson. It says when there was no God, the people did what was right in their own eyes. Mm. If we remove God consciousness from the from the society, what is the standard then? I think it would just be chaos. Well, it's what I want to do. You would never say it was chaos if the idea came from you. Mm. Right. For instance, let's say you had no education. Let's say you had no a job experience and let's say nobody's going to give you a job because you has no you have no education and you have no experience so somebody else come along and they drop you off a package and they say sell this and i'll give you 20 percent of it that 20 percent comes up to 200 dollars that you didn't have mm. is that a chaotic decision or is that a survival decision survival, now multiply sure. that times a thousand mm. that's the street yeah. that's that's why they can say we make two hundred thousand dollars a day because why i got 20 cats out there or 200 cats out there making a thousand dollars and nobody else is offering them that. Nobody. You fools down there standing up talking about $15 an hour. Are you kidding? Yeah. That's how they see it. Yeah. And it's not, it's not a hopeless situation. We just have to deal with it in a microcosm. Right. For me, I choose, I choose to do things on a micro level versus a macro level. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to do things big. That's the danger of social media. Mm-hmm. You got to think you got to have a million people. Jesus turned the known world upside down with 12 men. Mm-hmm. You just need the right people. Mm-hmm. One of them betrayed him. 
Another one denied him. Another one said, I ain't going to believe unless you show me the, the host. So that's three out of not out of 12 that ain't even flowing with him. Mm-hmm. He just had nine cats that was on his team. And if I was to ask you all their name, you don't know them. Mm-hmm. They can't be egotistical. They got to be people who understand the mission. And that's how you change. I can change this even if I can't change that. And hopefully what I do in this will ultimately affect this. Then what I do in this will ultimately affect this. But here's the problem. Everybody's trying to affect this. And we ain't taking 10 kids aside and say, hey, let me show you the world. For me, and DeMarco will tell you this, any young cat who spends any time with me, I have one prerequisite. Before you buy another pair of Jordans, you need a passport. Yeah. Why would I say a, a young cat need a passport? Do you have a passport? Mm-hmm. You have a passport? Mm-hmm. What are we doing? You got a pair of Jordans? Yeah. What's your most expensive pair of shoes? Uh... It's probably some Air Max or something like that. Okay, what what's what's the cost on that? Uh, probably about one fifty. One fifty. And the reason I ask is not to shame you, nah, but you. let me show you. How much walking do you do? Uh, I do a lot of walking. Probably. How much walking? Um, if I include my time at the gym and running, probably maybe about two, three, four, five miles a day, six, seven miles. You how much walking you do? About three miles a day. Like you ready? A passport lets you go anywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. Your shoes don't take you three miles or five miles. Why in the hell don't you have a passport? A passport gives you a license to the world. Mm. Shoes give you a license to three miles. I'd rather, I'd rather get me some $40 shoes, put them on a plane, and go somewhere in the world. Right. I feel that. That's, yeah. the, that's what I'm doing. See, that's microcosm change, right? Mm. I'm telling you, get a passport. I'm telling you, get a passport. Mm. Why? Guys like me, I say, I'm going out of the country. You want to roll? Not for Jamaica, not for Mexico, not tourists, no. Let's go see how, the, how they living on the other side of the world. Mm. And, bro, I'll tell you, when you see our kids, that really changed my life. I met a man of God who, he became my pastor, but he really just talked to me on a straight-up level. And I'm talking about a cat who, who got pulled out of drugs and, and real drug addiction. Like, I'll give you part of his testimony. <laughs> this cat said the last, one of the last times he got high, he was in Harlem, and he got so high. He thought he was getting high off somebody, but it ended up being horse tranquilizer. <laughs> he was like, I got so high that the only thing I could move was my eyes, and I couldn't blink, and I'm thinking, Lord, don't let me die like this. <laughs> this cat said to me, you bigger than the West Side. Get a passport. I sat there and cried. I said, what's, what's, what, you, what the tears about? I don't even know what that is. Yeah. I never yeah. even heard of it, let alone go get one. Then I said to him, what do I need to do? He said, that's on you. He didn't give me all the answers. Made you go out there he made me go find it. Yeah. Yeah. After I got my passport, six weeks later, I got an invitation to come to a missions trip in Mexico. Six months later, I was in Mexico. I've been doing it for, since 2005. So I've been doing it almost, wow, I've been doing it a while, almost 17, 19 years. Yeah. So you said something earlier that I want to just backtrack to. You said law and literature is what's missing. (laughs) But the people out there explain it to me. It's the gang code. Um, When I came into the streets, um, our initiation was, you know, you got violated in or you got violated out. You got blessed in or you got blessed out. And sometimes it could be a combination of that. But you being approved as, you know, a gang member, we had what was called literature and law. The literature was who we are. The law is what we do. Mm-hmm. If you couldn't recite your literature and law, you got a violation and you only had one or two opportunities to share your uh, literature and law at the meeting or you finna get violated. Mm-hmm. And after you couldn't do it, you out of here. Like you dumb. Mm-hmm. Like we don't yeah. even need you. You, yeah. you can't even remember this simple mm-hmm. one page. And, it was, and believe it or not, 
it's another part of that, that I don't talk about, but it was also because I think it's blasphemous. But we had a literature law and a prayer, mm-hmm. right? And there's no more literature law and prayer. There's no more of that. That was what the that's what the or, originators set up as a as a code of conduct. Like we had a code of conduct. It ain't that don't exist no more. I'm watching guys like people are dying over Facebook posts. Yeah, yeah. Like yo, like you need a, you needed permission to kill somebody when I was coming up. That changed after sure. crack. Crack changed all that. Yeah. You know, crack heightened up the energy, man. It just changed everything. It just made folks wild. People was trying to cover up for for their deficiency. Mm. Like, yo, you chief, but you a crackhead. Yeah. Like, so I ain't going to no meeting. Just kill you before you tell everybody. Yeah. So it changed all that. And then you move forward from from that being a young man going into that, and then uh, you told us off camera you became a pastor at the age of twenty one. I became a preacher at twenty one. Yeah, I, listen, man, I was pursuing music, mm. like you know, I want to sing to the ladies. Yeah. Um, that was <laughs> that was my jam, and um, I had been out to Atlanta. Went to a, I got a call. I wrote a song, and the song was hot. And what happened was, I won't say it on camera, but I wrote a song. And I sent it to a major record company. They called me for a meeting. I went and did the meeting, sent me back home, told me what I needed to do. And I was with it. I thought I was going to be in the, I thought I was going to be in the industry. Cause if yeah. I told you, if I told you the name of this record label, you'd be like, yo, you yeah. was up in that joint. Like, yeah, I was in that joint, but I just had an iffy feeling about the deal. The deal was 0.000 point. No, zero. 0.0004 points, which is 4% of a cent. Mm-hmm. And I didn't understand the point yeah. system in music. It was just a whack deal. Yeah. And all of these celebrities, all if I was to say the company, all of you was like, yeah, that's, they got screwed. They got screwed. Well, that, this guy was about to get me to sign the same deal. And um, when I came back home, I was sitting in church. I'll never forget it, man. I had a Carl Kanai suit on. Carl Kanai denim suit sitting in church, chilling with my little new wife. And I heard a voice. Never heard a voice like this. And these are those that I want you to go and get. And 23 people got up at a church where nobody ever get up. Like, people don't join this church. Like, the preacher ain't all that. It's, ah. And they all got up and they all walked by me. Mm. And they all looking at me. I'm sitting there like, yo, what's up? Like My wife's like, you know her? Like, my wife is all in jealous mode. I'm like, I don't know her. And then they stood up in front of the church, like, you know, Baptist church. They all standing there looking at me like zombies. I'm like, yo, I don't know what's going on up in here, but I hadn't told the wife that I heard the voice. I remember how many people it was because I'm like, yo, am I losing my mind? Was I wrong for sitting on the mother's board row? There wasn't no more seats. <laughs> like, God, he punished me? I thought I was getting, you know, real talk. I went to the preacher. I went to him afterwards and said, hey, man, I heard a voice. <laughs> he, was, <laughs> he was already scared of me because I was still street. Yeah, I was like raw. Like, once again, I'm in church on a Sunday morning in the Baptist church. I'm sitting on the mother's road. They got the little white things on their head. They in all white. And I'm sitting right you're here sitting like. On the road. Chilling. Yo. Nobody asked you to move. <laughs> when I went to his office, I said, I heard a voice. The man got out of his seat and stood behind his chair, put both hands on his chair like. I'm <laughs> 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 tell you. <laughs> and I told him, I was like, yeah, man, I heard a voice. Say, These are those I want you to go and get. He was like, well, Lord, a son, fleece the Lord. And I looked at him like, fleece, fleece the Lord. The <laughs> but he told me this story of a cat in the Bible called Gideon who didn't know if it was God speaking to him. And so Gideon said, Lord, if it's you, let the wool be wet and the ground be dry. So he woke up, the wool was wet and the ground was dry. He said, Lord, I'm still not sure. I'm going to put the same wool out there. Let the ground be wet, but let the wool be dry. 
came out the next day, and that's when he obeyed God. So I went home. And I said, Lord, I don't know no righteous people. The only righteous person I know is my wife. Mm-hmm. I said, use her. Before 12 midnight and 12 tomorrow noon. That's what I said. Real talk. We were sitting up there watching Stolen Cable because we had a black box. It's 11.43, sitting on the floor with the wife, right on the floor, watching TV. She's asleep. We don't talk about God in my house at this time because I'm in full rebellion from the church. I'm just going to church because you want to go to church. She sits up like a straight loom. How do you hear from God? Are you like the seed to fall on good soil, bad soil, or thorny ground? And then she fall back out. Now, mind you, I ain't told her nothing about this experience. Yeah. I'm like, what is going on with this chick? The next day, I had a drop-top cutlass, Oldsmobile cutlass convertible. My wife never drives my car. It's 10-something in, uh, in the morning. She says, I'm going to go to the store. I'm going to take your car. Now, what's mine is hers, and what's hers is mine. I'm not going to say, uh, take your car. Mm-hmm. You know, take the van. No. All right, be careful. Mm-hmm. Five minutes later, she called me back crying. I was like, oh, my God. Now, you got to understand. The Cutlass, I wrote it in my yearbook, like my dream car. That was the one you wanted. <laughs> Drop top, peanut butter interior, green, Ooh. with the roll bar, with the LED light. Uh-huh. Like, this joint is... You had a top on it? Listen to me. It was drop top. It was, listen. What was the color of the top on it? Oh, it was peanut butter. Peanut butter. On a green colors. With the European front end and the European taillights. Uh Listen, this is my dream car. My wife called me and said, yeah, I had an accident in your car. I don't know what happened. I said, where you at? So I pull up in the Oldsmobile silhouette. I'm in the family van, (laughs) the kids. And my car is on this hill on Old Hickory. And both axles are knocked off. It's in Jackson? In Jackson. Oh, yeah, yeah right around Kroger, yeah. where Looking Good used to be. Yeah. And she says, uh, yeah, I don't know what happened. So she, <laughs> check this out. Craziest story. My wife is coming around the corner of Oakery. She says, well, I've been down. I'm looking at the axles, and I'm tripping. Because once again, I ain't saved. I'm, I'm, I'm a, I've still got street in me. I want to cuss. I want to say some things. Mm-hmm. And I heard the voice again. Now will you serve me? Now, while I'm down there, my wife says, I don't know what happened. The wheel just starts spinning. I said, don't worry about it. I'll talk to you once we get home. My response was like, she was like, huh? Because you normally like you would be irate. This your baby. I was like, I'm good. As long as you are. Right. right. And that's when I started hearing the voice of God, man. It changed my whole life. I start obeying. Most people can't identify the voice of God. That's what I was going to ask next. Like, How do you, how ask do you identify it. that? Ask it. <laughs> Don't ask it. Well, how do you identify it? And can we all tap into that? Yes. Life will not be fair. Mm -hmm. God will not be able to hold you accountable if he didn't speak to you. So this is how it happened for me. At that same Looking Good store, I used to work at Looking Good. It was a men's clothing store in Jackson in the 90s. Hot store. Old guy said to me, we all hear from God. I was probably like you, Roscoe. Yeah, I. You hear from God. I hear from God. That sounds like Roscoe for sure. He said, he <laughs> says, he said, like that he said, we all hear from God. He said, if not, life wouldn't be fair. I said, oh, yeah. Now, mind you, he was a preacher. I said, prove it. Mm. He said, have you ever got ready to do something you knew you didn't have no business doing? For sure. You did it anyway? Yeah. Once you get there, it blow up, don't go the way you thought, you come back to the crib. What do you say? You're in that mirror. You mad. Something went wrong. What do you say to yourself? I always say something. God, something, some type of way. I always. <laughs> something told something. me. Yeah. So I said, 
like you said, some told me. Mm-hmm. So now let, let's ask this. You hear voices now? <laughs> you said it. I didn't say it. Some told me don't go. Some told me don't fool with that chick. Some told me dude was on something. Mm-hmm. We all hear God's voice. Now, here's how you differentiate. What entity in the whole world will preserve your life versus let you lose it? The minute you start doing the thing that will preserve your life, that's God. Why? Wow, the scripture says, above all things, I wish that you live. When I had to go back, he says, now, has that voice ever lied to you? I said, dog. No. He was like, the voice was God all along. So I said, prove it in scripture. Because now, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm 20, I'm 19, 20. I'm like, yeah, prove it in scripture. He said, it's a story of a boy named Samuel. He bust up on the Bible, pulled out the story of Samuel. Samuel's mother said, God, if you give me a son, I'll give him back to you. He weans the baby. She weans the baby from the breast. She takes him to the temple. She drops him off. At the temple, there's a, there's a priest named Eli. He got two sons. The boys are crooked. They sleep with women at the altar. They steal the offerings. These dudes are crooked. The old man is going blind, and he won't correct his sons. So we dropping off a kid in the midst of a chaotic environment, right? This is in the Bible. This is in the Bible. God comes to the boy. Samuel, Samuel gets up. What do you think he go to? He just heard a voice. Who he go to? He runs to Eli. Eli is the highest authority in the house. Mm-hmm. Eli, you call me? Eli says, son, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. God says to him again, Samuel. Gets up, goes back to Eli again. Eli, I know you call me. I didn't call you, son. Goes to bed. Samuel. Eli, I know you call me. The Bible says that Eli perceived, talking about staying connected to the elders, right? Because this this conversation is going somewhere. I don't know where it's going, but it's going somewhere good. Eli has a perception that the voice that the boy hearing is God. So he says, the next time you hear something, respond. Say, Lord, it's your servant, Samuel. What would you have for me to do? Boy goes back to bed. Here's where the story, the plot thickens. The Bible says that God came and stood by Samuel's bedside. Now, last time he called him, what did he do? He said something, but now that he knows better, God comes closer and he called him twice. Samuel, Samuel. Why? Because God doesn't need an audience or he doesn't need a witness. God is pretty much. um, He's verifying that it's him when he says, Samuel, Samuel, it's me, Samuel, Samuel, Samuel gets out of his bed. He says, yes, Lord, he can't see him. He doesn't have that faith. He doesn't have that, that working. He can hear. He says, what would you have me do? He says, go tell Eli it's over. I'm judging his house because when I told him to correct his sons, he didn't. The minute I teach you this, you're responsible for what you hear, but you're also responsible for how you respond. Versus, I don't know, man, I just think, no, you got to find someplace. How do I line this up with God? And the reason most of us say it ain't God is because we have no standard of God to judge it by. I don't want to sound like a preacher. But that's who I am. <laughs> if you don't have a standard of God, you don't have nothing to compare it to. For instance, if you heard, if you heard Kanye West rap, would you be able to differentiate Kanye West from Lil Wayne? Why? Just the voice sound different, the tone, the style of rap, so on and so forth. But why? Here's the big part: you've listened to them both. Mm-hmm. Most of us have never listened. To God. Most of us have heard sermons and whack sermons at that, right? Mm-hmm. We've seen church people 
right? Church people can be the worst people in the world. Yeah. Like they say one thing out of their mouth and do something totally different. Like yeah. cuss you out, right? So you can't call him God. Like, yo, Deacon so-and-so don't remind me of God right now. Like this God I thought, it, it, it ain't match up. So we don't have a standard. That's why every adult person is responsible for learning it themselves. Because now when God speaks, you say, okay, I can go back. And that's what the Bible's for. A friend of mine calls the Bible basic instruction before leaving earth. It's the basics. But yo, God ain't stopped speaking since Revelation. There was no cars. There was no internet. <laughs> there was nothing in Revelation that looks like today. So what are we going to do? We're just going to live off Revelation? No, we're not going to live off the book of Revelation. We're going to live off a life of Revelation. God revealed to me what am I doing in this season? How do I make this that we doing better? You need a Revelation. Y'all quiet. Y'all be talking a lot. Don't let me talk at all. Listen, come on. <laughs> no, I was going to go back to, because, uh, you know, we made a joke about me with God and stuff like that, right? Uh, I actually heard God voice before. Okay. Because I used to, uh, growing up, my daddy, he struggled with drugs. And uh, I used to just pray all the time, pray all the time, pray all the time. It was just one time he had, he relapsed, so he stayed gone for like, he was embarrassed, so he stayed gone for like almost two weeks. Praying, I'm praying. And I heard it was like a calm voice, you know, it was like everything gonna be all right. And I knew that was God, you know what I'm saying? So I always have had a relationship with God. My problem was with the like the church, how I couldn't be a regular kid. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because I my do. daddy was a preacher. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It's like everybody else can make mistakes. This one time we all out hanging and uh some boys was cussing. <laughs> it was cussing and just doing and I was with them. But I you was guilty. chilling. Yeah, you the most guilty party there. Yeah, I was chilling. I wasn't saying nothing. I knew people watching. But as soon as I get home, my mama, you was out there cussing with them boys. I'm like, no. Nah. Like, so it just made me kind of Yeah, and Bolivar, y'all had that party line. Yeah. <laughs> you can jump on that party line. It just it just made me kind of build it with the church. And it was like, uh, you know, I ain't, I, ain't, I ain't feeling that. This is like the lowest I can go with it. But I'm just trying to keep it on a simple level. Have you ever had bad food from Walmart? Did you stop going to Walmart? It's that simple. It's about what you choose to eat. You know, I ain't going to get that no more. And sometimes people, you got to decide, I ain't eating what you feed me. But God, there is no other place designated for God to speak like a church. It's a designated place. For instance, if I was to name all five venues, we know what going all five of those venues because they're dedicated. Like, we go on Broadway. We know what that place offers. We know what that place offers. We know, and a lot of times, generationally, especially now with, you know, the pandemic and so forth and so on, mm -hmm. men find it easier to walk away from the place where God really going to speak. Bro, you got to find some place to go hear from him because you can't forget the guy who comforted you while you were in the midst of the worst day of your life. Now, how many other days were the worst and you had no voice because you didn't pray or you didn't, you know what I'm saying? That early childhood development that said pray, where'd you get that from? You got that from the church. Yeah. And that's, and that's you know, my plight is not to fill up church like Demo tell you. I'm not one sitting around collecting a whole bunch of offerings. I'm not doing a whole lot of y'all come to the altar. I'm not doing, I'm not, no. I'm going to give you the facts and you choose to do what you need to do from there. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you the I'm, Give you the raw. Give you the truth. We butthurt over people, but God never did the jam the damage. It's people. These are people issues. Now, if we lower our expectation of people, we can rise above what they give us. I don't choose to eat bad food. I, if I go to a restaurant 
and the food is bad, <laughs> I ain't coming to that restaurant right. no more. I ain't gonna stop eating what I eat. You say you love chick? You the only man I know to say he loves ch- I love chick. <laughs> you hear that man early? That man said he loved. I mean, you I said that with it. some real conviction, bro. Yeah, I love yeah. chicken, bro. Bro, I was on that fast, but I was thinking about chick. Like, do you see birds or something? Like, what do you, what, do you imagine wings with barbecue sauce on them or something? Them. Yeah. <laughs> this cat is addicted to chicken. I love chicken. You ain't stopped eating chicken, and I know you done had some bad chicken. Fried too hard, too salty, seasoned salt. You ain't stopped eating chicken? Why? Because that's what you love. And when we fall in love with God, man, we learn to let people off the hook. Go hit them. Even if it's your dad. Like, yo. Because here's the, here's, here's the standard. I'm guilty of something too. But God ain't turned on me. And you asked a powerful question. How do I know? Your boy just answered you. I was comforted by the voice. I was cool with the voice. Here's, a, here's, what, here, here's, here's what I, I was a youth pastor for almost 15 years. Here's what I taught. When God speaks, he sounds like you. Why would that be? When you heard that voice saying it was going to be all right, it didn't sound like this. It's going to be all right. Man, it scared the hell out of you. It was you. It sounded like you. Why? Why would God put this spirit in us, speak to us? It sounds like him, but it's comfortable like it's us. Why? You trust you more than you trust anybody. I'm done. No, 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 Doc. No, no. You trust you. I've seen enough podcasts. No. You trust you. Oh, I'm the leader. <laughs> I'm in charge. You trust you. That's an act. No, no, no. You trust you. If I was to put you in, in, in a hot seat by yourself. Talk to me. See there? Right there. Talk to me. You trust you. Mm-hmm. So when God speaks, it sounds like you're talking to yourself. Mm-hmm. But it don't sound like your words. It's, it's next level. It's... You can do this. Sound like you said that to yourself, but you just gave 10 reasons why you can't. It don't make sense that you would come along and say, I can't, I can't, I can't. I'm going to kill this. Oh man. If God gave you a vision, God gave you something to do. When you get that confirmation, move on it. A lot of us talk ourselves out of the blessing or the connection with God. And what is that? When you do that doubt, disbelief, not having enough word to support it. Mm. Listen, man, Every man is born in sin. Every man. Sin is the one thing that works towards death. I'll show you. Genesis. Adam, in the day you eat of the tree, you shall surely what? Y'all know? Die. Adam, the day you eat of the tree, of the knowledge of good and evil, you're going to die. If he doesn't eat of the tree, what does he not do? He doesn't die. Mm -hmm. It means he lives forever. So what does eating from the tree bring about? It brings about death. That was sin. Sin brings about death. So every one of us is born with a level of sin in us. Everybody guilty, right? Don't let nobody make you believe they without sin. All of us come into the world as a seed of Adam. We come in, that's in our DNA, right? Bro, doubt, disbelief, that's killing dreams. That's killing visions. One of my favorite speakers is this cat by the name of Dr. Miles Monroe. He said, do you know what the wealthiest place in the world is? If I was actually the wealthiest place in the world, what would you say it's at? Dubai? I maybe Middle, say Dubai. Middle East. They got all the money, right? No. The graveyard. Because men die with unfulfilled vision and unfulfilled dreams. That is the wealthiest place. And then this joker died not doing the stuff he's supposed to do, and they put a $10,000 headstone on. <laughs> Every headstone is minimum two grand. 
some of them. Yeah. Depreciating asset sitting in the yard, just with your 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 family name on it. And he down there and ain't done everything he's supposed to do because he was afraid. Bro, I don't live in fear. The Bible says God has not given us a spirit of fear, but that of power, love, and a sound mind. I'm not waiting on permission from a white man. Mm. I was born in the right generation. I would have got killed in the last generation because I, I don't have fear. Mm. That's what knowing God did for me. I know y'all won't hear that, but yeah. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's your world. No, no, no. I mean, I mean, listen. You got to do some chopping, D. I'm here to chop it up. <laughs> so we get a lot of people that come on here and they talk about, you know, religion versus spirituality. Mm. Can you break that down and yeah. and just talk about like where people they, get that from and where where there is no divide between the two? Yeah, or think, where you think there's I think no culturally divide. we have to watch those perspectives. Um, religion has been demonized, but so has spirituality. Religion simply means something you repeat, repetitively do. The problem is not religion or spirituality. The problem is traditions of men. Mm-hmm. It's when people say something is God, and then we practice it as if it's God. I don't care if it's religion or spirituality. You're wrong because it ain't got nothing to do with that. It's everything to do with what this joker wanted to see you do. Spirituality is is what you believe as it relates to the practice of your religion. Um, I am a spiritual, God-fearing Christ follower. I do that religiously. So when, we, when I hear young people say, oh, I'm spiritual, I'm not religious, you're just telling me you believe something, but you'll practice nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got a question for you. <laughs> I see, because uh, I'm... From a Christian background, mm-hmm. I consider myself Christian too. Good for the most part. Well, how do you feel about when people like be like religiously gangbanging? Like, <laughs> it's like the moment somebody else say, "Oh, and you they come pr- from gangbanging," so you understand. <laughs> it. I laugh at it. <laughs> so that's it's why like, I, so I'm holding my laugh as we speak. So it's like how, how and it makes me mad. Like how you gonna tell them? You know, yours is more important than theirs. You know, like it just frustrates me. Why we just can't love one another? You know what I'm saying? Ignorance, ignorance. Um, you have to remember going back from the time we were from, you know, the abolishment of slavery to date. Typically, culturally, in the African-American community, the highest seat of authority was the preacher. So imagine people setting their sights on authority, but they don't want to set their sights on spirituality. They do what's necessary to get in that seat. So the minute somebody bring correction to what they're saying is religion or spirituality, they branch off and start their own ideology. So this is why you have theological differences where people have Instead of denominationalism, they have theological or denominational theology, which simply means we believe this. Oh, we believe this. Oh, we believe this. Oh, we believe this. Oh, why don't y'all just use all of it? I'm a non-denominational, non-affiliated church. I'm a I pastor a non-denominational, non-affiliated church because I want to use the whole Bible. I've never been Jewish, so I don't practice the law. That was to Israel. Now you have your young cats who come in and say, oh, we are Israel. Well, brother, you don't want to be Israel. You don't want to. You don't want to live under the six hundred plus codes of the Levites. It's impossible. That's why we needed Christ as Savior. But that differential come in. It's a tribe mentality. Mm. We better than you. If you want love, you get into the Word of God, and that will direct you to people who practice as you see it in the Word. And the good thing is, you can tell just as good and good and well when it ain't going that way. You're like, I'm out of here. See, my thing is to stimulate thought, not just conversation. But that's the thing, too, a lot of times with Christians as well. You can't have those type of conversations 
Brother, it ain't one conversation we can't have. Well, not, oh, you speaking in the perspective of you, but I'm talking about Correct. what about. But you ready? Now, if, if, if you allow me to influence you, mm-hmm. you can have that same strength. Now, the people you influence will be able to have those conversations. And now we're getting away from the people who don't, who we don't even want to talk to anyway. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a matter of influence per se. It's just a matter of like being able to have an open dialogue about things. It's hard sometimes because you get the, what they call the Bible thumpers and the people that say the Bible says this and this and this and this and this. It's like we can't even have an open conversation now because of, you know, you're, you, you're so like clouded by this this religion and we can't even have an open conversation and you understand my perspective and where I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. But I think if we go back to the point about words, mm-hmm. right? In the beginning, God said. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the power of words. Etymology is so powerful and that's this is why I use the word influence. Uh-huh. Anybody who is a executor of words mm-hmm. is an influencer whether he or she wants to be or not. Mm-hmm. You think about a guy who writes a song. Say it loud. I'm black and I'm proud. Is he a prophet? Yes, he is, because he was talking to a whole people, a whole bunch of people who had no pride. Mm-hmm. Say it loud. I'm black and I'm proud. They repeat it. They look at themselves different. They remove the perm from their hair. They go back to wearing their natural hair. He's a prophet, even though he's not sitting in the seat of a prophet. He's prophetically saying to these people using words. Say it loud. I'm black and I'm proud. You have a podcast. You're not entertaining. You're giving out words. You influence. Charles Barkley has got to be one of the biggest influencers of the world. But he says he's not a role model. In other words, you can hear what I say. Just don't do what I do. You, you're an influencer, whether you want to be or not. When you use words, everything you say, people are going to hold you on that. We can have any conversation because I'm comfortable with who I am. I'm comfortable with who I used to be. Most people you'll find out, T, they are not comfortable with who they are. And the reason they don't want to have those conversations is because they don't want you to go in the caverns and they doggone spirit and they mind. They don't expose them. They don't, they don't want you going there. Yeah, and that's why I say you got open. I mean, you got people like yourself who you can sit down and have like that open conversation with, but a lot of them you can. And I think that's where the disconnect the lies disconnect, with, yeah. with people of this age, because you got to think, and me and Roscoe talk about this all the time. Our parents suffered, so we didn't have to in a lot of ways. And Most because definitely. of that, we had the opportunity to, you know, further our education, to Correct. learn more things, to have access to more information and books, so on and so forth. And with knowledge becomes more questions, right? Correct. So with that being said, with that understanding, more questions, more questions. They don't want to hear that. Correct. People who had to live in that space for so long. Were you ready? Hear that. Okay. Don't become them and think they don't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. Try to change your perspective. They don't have the answer. Ain't but, nothing like talking to somebody who ain't got an answer. Mm-hmm. Especially if you feel like, oh, are you ready? Let's say they hold a place in your life where you thought enough of them to ask them the question. They mm-hmm. should have the answer. Mm-hmm. Have you ever asked your parents something that they didn't answer? Um, yeah, a couple times. Like what? What what subject? Uh, most of the time it was probably something in regards to religion and God and stuff like that. Really? Uh, None on sex? None on girls? Nah, nah, we ain't talking about sex. I just done it. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Let me have a moment. Let me have a moment. This nigga here. Me too. Man. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. just done it. Mama, she just... You know, and let know. me ask you this. How many mistakes you make? A bunch of them. That's why. Life, I'm going to tell you something That's, about... But, but why? 
you didn't have that open dialogue where you can ask that question or you felt comfortable mm-hmm. having that question. And I think when it comes to religious people, man, it's like the sex conversation. They, they're sitting in a position where they should have the answers, but they don't. And it's just a really uncomfortable thing. So don't you become judge and jury say, man, I don't know church people. No. Just like change the way you ask the question. Mm-hmm. Do you know anything about this? Give them that yes or no. Because mm-hmm. now you know what you can. Like you did me. All right, Pastor D, you, you, you comfortable talking about anything? Bro, let's go. Mm-hmm. I can do it all. Mm-hmm. I'm not bragging. Dude, I lived the life of a 40, at 45 years old today. I know I lived the life way beyond my years. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm comfortable having those conversations. But I want you to, you do realize that you're a unicorn in that world. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I know. You do realize that though, right? Like you're something special in that world because most people you can't have that conversation with. We've literally had phone calls from people in regards to things that we done said on here okay. because of the, what they believe in and their religion and so on and so forth. You're something unique in that world though. and it's and i get i heard what you said i heard you loud and clear we have to change i have to change my approach in the way i say things or ask questions ask questions just ask them what they what are they ready to share with you as it relates to me being a unicorn in this space there's a million of me's mm-hmm. but the most difficult thing is about about being around a guy like me is mm-hmm. if you don't want to change your views mm-hmm. it becomes frictional and most people don't want to be around. You mean it, it becomes frictional from your standpoint? Or no, for you. From them, from them. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Well, I'm not really that type of person either, though. Like, I can Well, I'm just saying for know. most people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's yeah, yeah, yeah. a generalization, I think, I think right? You're making the same point in that, right. in that stance. Like, if, like, I'm not trying to sway you, I'm just trying to explain to you what I've perceived exactly. and what I've seen. Exactly. Mm-hmm. For instance, yeah. in the scriptures, my whole life verse is in Ezekiel chapter 44 where Israel is coming out of Babylonian captivity. And why I call it my life verse, because when the Lord spoke to me, he says, this was like when he told me, these are those I want you to go and get. He said to me, teach my people the difference between what's holy and profane. I went to a friend of mine. I didn't know the Bible. I'm not a Bible thumper. I'm not a Bible student. I don't know the Bible. I went to a friend of mine and I said, um, man, the Lord spoke to me. I was so happy. Who? He said, teach my people the difference between what's holy and profane. And my guy said, dude, shut up. That's in the Bible. For real, mm. <laughs> and what that simply means is we got to be able to hold up what's holy. Mm. But how can I teach you the difference between what's holy and profane if I never hold up what's profane? Mm. I had to learn both of them. Mm. I'm that dude because I learned profanity first. I learned profane living first. Mm. If I had never lived this, I really wouldn't appreciate this. But what we have in many situations is people just want you to look at them shine because they don't want you to see when they, they were dull, the bro. They don't want you to see that. They hiding this from you. So it's not that I'm a unicorn. It's just that guys like me, we too busy about the business. We too busy doing what God called us to do. Dude, I take I take young people to other countries. Ain't nobody shining no light on that. Like, yo, I help rescue sex traffic kids. I can't put that on the internet. These kids are in secret locations in other parts of the world. I can't be t- sitting up there taking pictures with some girl that's sex trafficking yeah, glorifying and stuff. Oh, I can't because yeah. if if her if the person looking for it realizes, oh, that's what she's at. Yeah, I can't do that. So, so it's not that I'm a unicorn as much as it is the environment doesn't highlight guys like me. Mm-hmm. By the grace of God, I pray for opportunities like this so that I can meet guys like you. Because mm-hmm. here's the deal: you're how old are you now? Twenty nine. You're twenty nine. You 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 know you 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 you're a couple years younger than me. You got some, you got some, I see a lot of toys. You, you got somebody you got to teach. Oh, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. 
Well, what if you just grew up thinking that the way you figured it out is the only way? No. That'd be a problem for him. But you ready? It's going to be a problem for the next five generations, I think. For sure. For sure. Because guess what he's going to do? You modeled selfishness. He's going to model self. Is it going to keep on going until somebody get a revelation? Yo, God, (laughs) this thing ain't working. Absolutely. Like, I got a revelation. My father's selfishness, and my father was like, you know, people say, who's your hero? I say, my pops. My pops was my hero, not because he was a great dad, but because he was there. Like, this dude had six kids, seven. <laughs> he really had seven, but one he never met, so I, I can't really claim my sister. But um, my pops had six kids, and he went to the military. When he got scared, he's like, going to the Army. Like, yo, that like they drafted. My father was a part of the last draft class, and that dude toughed it out. Five kids in the house and one in another city-state. He toughed it out. He wasn't the greatest. He smoked weed every day. We used to call him Demon. A cloud come out the garage with him. Like, yo, my father went nowhere near preach. We called him Demon. Like, we came to the house, we could smell this dude. Like, he home. But he was there. Yeah. You know what having him walk in the house did? When other cats on the block, all these singles moms, all these different daddies and uncles they got to get used to, I ain't have to get used to that. Mm-hmm. And whatever little information he gave me, I was able to use it. He gave me the example. He gave me the blueprint. And he said, trust God. He him himself. My pops only went to church for uh, uh, funerals. But he said, trust God. <laughs> Thank you for the greatest wisdom you ever gave me. Trust God. Uh, what advice would you give to um, the people uh, who are trying to reach or tap into like this, the new millennials, the new people, the younger people? None. No. Nope. Keep on living. Listen, man. Well, I mean, not not the millennials, but the people, the older people, the, our elders who try to tap into Can't them. Can't get them none either. Because uh-huh. here's the deal. When you tell a person how to do something, they're going to do it the way you said it, but it may not work for them. Right. I can only give you truth, not advice. Mm-hmm. Advice is mixing my opinion with truth. I think you should do this. But if I just give you truth, it's going to work different from you. Mm-hmm. So I'm constantly about truth. Share with the next generation. What am I sharing? Love. Mm-hmm. Love them. If you sent me a problematic kid, what's the number one solution? What do you got for this kid? Love. Mm-hmm. It's universally work. Yeah. The Bible says love casts out all fear, right? Mm-hmm. Most of us fight because of fear. Yeah. You walk back there and all the lights off. You hear bump in that room. Mm-hmm. You ready to fight? Well, if you call on the light and it's your girl, and she's like, hey, baby, welcome home. Y'all, <laughs> the fear is erased. Mm-hmm. Love is in the room. You get right. what I'm saying? Right. Love casts out all fear, man. I found that love works. So mm-hmm. outside of advice, I'll give truth. Love works. Mm-hmm. Love. Love the next generation. Love the one, you love the one ahead of you, love the one behind you. Love them. Yo, I come from pimps, prostitutes, crackheads, weed smokers. I come from all that. I love them all. You ain't going to never get me to speak ill of my family. None of them. You know what? And when I got in this position, whatever you say, Donnell, they love me back. Yeah, for sure. For sure. We, We do now. We do a lot of judgment. We're very judgmental people. It ain't church. Everybody's judgmental. Mm-hmm. Look at what she got on. Look what she, The culture is creating judgmental people. But what that culture does is separates us. You got to unplug from some of that stuff. I'm not watching TMZ. I'm not watching no fight on, on TikTok. I'm not watching. I'm not going to watch the destruction. I'm not watching police keep killing black people. Yeah. Because when I call the police, I need them to come. And what I don't need is when they get here to tell them how to do their job. I just need to learn how to, okay, officer, you in a bad space. I'm going to chill out. Here go both of my hands, dog. Go mm-hmm. ahead. I'm not finna. You know, listen, this ain't the time to be. Yeah, the time and place for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Bro, love works. I can show y'all proof, man. I've had cats get belligerent with me. Like, I'm talking about money's on the table. And I said, you having, having a rough day, man. Praying for you, man. I get emails, text messages. Save me thousands of dollars in business because I didn't go there just because people went there. Oh, yeah, for sure. But when you judgmental, you go there. Are you racist? Now you now, now this whole thing went to a million. Yeah. No, money's on the line. Business is on the line. My family's on the line. It ain't even worth it. Dude, you having a bad day. Hit me back when, you, when you're not on that. Love you, man. Hard, hard to say it too, yeah. Roscoe. Hard to say you love people that you don't love, but when you start, when you create that culture, it's it's contagious. Absolutely, I agree. I agree, and that's actually, that's actually what I, you know, me and Fred Drill, we had this conversation all the time. I tell him, I think it's my guy. A lot of times with um, uh, nowadays, and well, I don't even. It may have been even in the past as well, but we fall in love with the testimony. <laughs> we fall in love with the testimony. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because we want everybody to see a shine. Exactly. Yeah, but we don't want to talk about how we got there. Right. And and I'm the type of I love storytelling. I love messaging. I like I, let me fall in love with with where you come from, who you are. Yeah. That's why I didn't ask anything about what you're doing now and what who are you in the past. The moment you walked in the door, you forgot this, this, this. That's what I want to hear because I know you come from the element. I know you've experienced probably some of the same things that I've experienced growing up, and that's the key. I want to fall in love with that part, that young man back then who was doing that and going through all of that and that pain, and now we can move forward now, and you can show me how you got from that to this. this One of the things that made me ask the greatest question I've ever asked God was the environment. Um, Dave Chappelle does this piece where he talks about Martin Lawrence running out into the streets naked, and Martin is the strongest man. He didn't know, like, this Mm -hmm. guy is strong. And he says, what would make a man run out and say they're trying to kill me? Maybe it's not the man. Maybe it's the environment. Right. Well, when you come out of a sick environment, you understand it's all about the right question. Mm. 43 of my friends were murdered before I got out of high school. Mm. Now, you got to think about that. 43 people before I turned 18. Now, to y'all, you may be thinking, 43 people. That's a lot of people. people. Well, let me break down my block. On this corner... There's a 75 unit building on this corner. There's a 75 unit building on this corner. There's a 12 unit building. Now let's move down my block. There is a two family home, a three family home, our home. We're one family, but we're on three floors. And that continues down till you get to this last building, which is a 12 unit. Then there's a 75 unit building over here. There's another single family, single family, single family, 12 units, single family, single family. I think it's like an eight unit, then a three unit, a three unit, a three unit. Then a single family, single family, single family, and a church. Over 200 kids on my block because the average amount of kids is three kids per house. Now us, it was five of us. My neighbor, it was nine of them, mm-hmm. right? Then we got kid people on the block. We got like six kids. So I mean, added up quick. That's, yeah. a lot of people. That's, <laughs> that's one people. block. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. one block. Now, mind you, most of the violence that I'm talking about happened in a five-block radius. Mm-hmm. So now we're taking that one block and we're going to multiply that by a five-block radius. You're talking about 4,000 kids mm-hmm. in one neighborhood. So 43 really is why nobody has an urgency, right? Mm-hmm. So it's up to the individual to decide. This is a sick environment where 43 souls are gone and nobody recognizes them. Mm-hmm. And there were no cameras in that day. Yeah. There wasn't no Laquan McDonald, mm-hmm. right? Laquan McDonald shot on camera 16 times, laid out. We're going to give him six years for doing this as a police officer, and we're going to release him after four. The man just got out of jail. That's the culture. Yeah. The mm-hmm. police officer who killed Laquan McDonald is out of jail today. 
yo, that's a sick environment. So it forced me to ask God the question, how do I live? How do I get out of this? And for me, it was get out of Chicago. Yeah. You have to remove yourself so you can hear from God. I would tell anybody in a chaotic relationship, in a, a chaotic situation, get out. Give yourself time enough. To I do. God. I do think it's important to highlight that you went. You go back though. Most definitely. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Once I'm strong enough. Right. Once it no longer influences me, and I can influence it. Mm-hmm. Once I realize from a way what it is. Right. Mm-hmm. For instance, let's take a chick who's in a bad relationship with a baby daddy. Mm-hmm. This dude is violent. He's abusive. She stuck with him for 18 years because they got a kid together. Right. That don't mean you got to live together. For sure. And, and and check this out. If you move out, stay away long enough. Let him get a new girlfriend. <laughs> Identify. You know, get some help. Get the court. Yeah. Hey, uh, he got a temper, and when I wear red, he like a bull. Uh, don't wear red. Yeah. You didn't figure out what that is. Don't make it what. Listen, man. One of the craziest things about your generation versus mm-hmm. my generation, and my generation has started to suffer from it because of the exposure of television and TikTok. Yeah. All like ain't nothing worse than a forty-five year old acting eighteen. That's like hor- like sit your old butt down. Nobody <laughs> want to see you doing TikTok challenges. They be out right? there dancing and everything. That shirt off. Yo, man, get your mama right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like like ladies, sit down. You know you're saggy. Cut it out. Um, <laughs> one of the- <laughs> Man, it's horrible to see old people acting mm-hmm. like they still got it. You ain't got it no you more. You ain't got it. Hip hurting. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me get back to my thought. Unhealthy expectations. What what we're exposed, older people, my generation is exposed to. Yeah, unhealthy expectations. I'm so glad I got my own. Still getting money with the my grandmother says something so powerful, man. I didn't understand until I was um, old enough. My grandmother used to say this all the time. She would say, when people are drunk and they talk, listen to them because that's what they mean when they're sober. I didn't get it. We expect drunk people to say things that they don't mean. Mm-hmm. Well, what if they drunk off fame? Yeah. What if they drunk off? Hood celebrity. What if they drunk off ego? They say stuff. Then they come back. I ain't mean that. No, you. That's, that's exactly what you meant. Mm-hmm. And when your ego is low, you ain't got the you ain't got the cojones or the balls to say that. Mm-hmm. So we build expectations on people to be who we want them to be versus who they are proving us to be. I didn't grow up that way. If a drunk person talking around me, I'm listening. Mm-hmm. I didn't drink. I didn't do drugs. I, you talk about a unicorn. Mm-hmm. I didn't do drugs. I didn't get how I do drugs. Why? I seen it didn't work for nobody in my family. And I seen how they became vulnerable to the to the environment because they had no defense. Yeah. Many times I was the defense, right? Like, yo, we got to go. Because mm-hmm. they too drunk to recognize there's 15, 15 different things going on around us. Mm-hmm. And I'm like this, my head on a swivel. Mm-hmm. We got to go. I learned how to develop healthy expectations of people. I believe what you say when you say it, especially if you put your chest in it. That ain't anger. That's what you really believe. Ain't nobody gonna tell me they hate me and that just came out because they was mad. It did. How do you sit in abuse and let them call it love? Love shouldn't require that you get to be standing over me with a with a bat and I'm sitting here hospital ready. That don't sound like love. That sounds like mania. You know, if I was to break that thing down, it would be really cold. One day, y'all bring me back. I talk about love, right? Storge, philia, eros, 
agape and mania. Manic love is a new love that I see more in y'all generation than I've ever seen mm-hmm. in my generation. Manic means if like if nobody if I can't have you, can't nobody have you. That's it glorified too. Yo, it's crazy. Yeah. I love social media. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, yo, that yeah. ain't love. That's crazy. Yeah. That ain't love. Let me help you if you're watching. That ain't love. That's possessiveness. That's control. That's MK Ultra. That's other. Leave that alone. Yeah. But agape is God kind of love that allows you to be you. People always say love with no conditions. No, it's not a condition. <laughs> it's just it's love without limit, right? Mm-hmm. But then there's storge. It's the kind you have for a brother that's in your family. Then there's philia, where we get like Philadelphia from brotherly kind of love. And then there's eros, which is erotic. Um, is where we get erotic love or sensual love. Mm-hmm. In your generation, when I say love, most people can't define love because all they know is manic and eros. Mm-hmm. It's some things brothers don't do. Yeah. Y'all brothers, right? Yeah. Brothers don't sleep with each other, woman. Why don't we know that in this generation? Man, it's crazy. <laughs> that brothers don't do, bro. That, bro, like, did you really just ask me permission yeah. to go with my girl? And I just broke up with her. Like that ain't even. Like no. <laughs> like, you get mad if you say no, bro. It's weird. It's but weird. That's, but the reason it exists is because nobody's teaching. This is what love is. Yeah. That's why cats like me, I open up my mouth and say, let me help y'all out. Stop connecting love to how you feel. Love is evident in action. Mm-hmm. Stop connecting love to some fuzzy feeling. Oh, no, it's connected to action. If you're my brother and you love me, man, you ain't even looking at my woman like that. Right. That's a fact. That's right? A fact. That's I, can't a fact. Even, I can't even, if I come here... And his girl here, he not here. I don't even want to come in the house. You, you shouldn't. Yeah. yeah, like, nah, I'm just coming. I ain't even on a, what's up, sis? No, sis ain't here. I'll be back. Because why? She may be in a place. I don't know. Maybe he ain't doing what he's supposed yeah. to do. And I come here looking, you know, I'm fly. I stay fly. You know, I, I ain't trying to tip top off what she can take. You know, I know who I am. So, right. you being true. No, man. But, but see, and, and, and round robin to our conversation about chaotic environments, and, and y'all will find this about me, bro. Anytime y'all need me, you don't have to be for this. I'm available because y'all young cats with education, with influence, and you got something to say. But many times, we don't know how to frame what we got to say based on who we are. We just want to say what needs to be said sometimes, and sometimes it ain't necessary. That's extra. For instance, podcasting, Demo will tell you, I got enough equipment to shoot it out I could be on TV tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Man, I get more joy out of sitting on the couch with two people. Because why? I'm more effective. I'm camera ready. I ain't no, I ain't no bomb dude. Like, I can go on camera. Mm-hmm. It ain't about me. I want to be effective. Right. Right. I want to touch the next generation in a way they say, I'm going to name my kid after you. You know, like, I got like three or four kids named after me. And I'm not their daddy. Break that down, what you said again. So you said framing what people don't need to frame what needs to be said versus like what's break that down again. Understanding what you're supposed to be saying versus what needs to be said. Yeah. Yeah. All right. For instance, I am a preacher of the gospel of Jesus. 90% of what I say has some element of Christ weaved into it. Right. Even if I talk gang, I could still talk redemption. I was that cat. Why would he pick me? Well, let's go through the Bible. He picked David. He was a murderer. He picked Paul. He's a murderer. God picks the least likely to succeed. I can still weave that in. Guess what? I ain't got no business talking tech. I ain't got no business talking like you, like I know how to run YouTube or I know how to run Facebook. I know how to run Instagram. You ready? It's some things that I ain't got no business giving voice to. Cause I don't have no experience with that. I need mm-hmm. to now. And then here's it. Now listen to me, fellas. If you can't hire those who can, 
Yeah. There's a, just a little nugget of wisdom, right? Mm. But we have a lot of people who want to give voice and opinion and stuff they don't know nothing about. Know nothing and a lot about. of that be fear-based insecurities. Me and Roscoe talk about yeah. that all the time. <laughs> they it's don't like, want to appear to be exactly. out of the know. But it, it, listen to me. You look stupid. You look stupid. <laughs> and I know because I already know. Like I, You look stupid. I just talked about that. Like, I've read on this already. So yeah. you're speaking about something that you don't fully understand. But you you I don't know who said it, but somebody said it in the culture. I get it. There are levels to this thing. I don't know uh, who said it. All right, so there's levels to this thing. You right. said read. I said lived. You're reading. It was like reading about Florida, like reading about Germany. You, yeah. you could tell me what Everglades are. You could tell me that the species of plants there but you but lived that, it you seen it but the cat who lived there mm -hmm. he could tell you how to outrun alligator why yeah. he had to outrun alligators yeah, what we have is a lot of readers and spectators trying to give perspective as if they lived it mm -hmm. it's levels to this thing Wait, not even that we got people who ain't read <laughs> <laughs> it's trying to give like ain't even read because yeah. if it's, it's levels is is <laughs> nobody then you read it then you lived you hadn't read or lived you just out here telling stuff tell you, you right now done. There's some things that I've lived that I didn't understand until I read. Right. Now, now I, 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 that, I that could sound oxymoronic, but let me help you out. Some stuff I was forced into mm -hmm. as a man, exactly as a father, as a husband, right? I didn't know what husband was supposed to be. All I know is what I wanted it to be. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have my father look at because I didn't like his model. Mm -hmm. I had my godfather. I loved his model. Mm -hmm. But there were still things about his model I didn't like. Right. So what do we do? We start going to look for influencers. We start looking at George Jefferson, Fred Sanford, uh, you know, uh, the Mac. You're going to watch Scarface, you know, Five Heartbeats. Dude, I used to watch that. Listen, let me tell y'all how divided I was in my thinking. Every day I would watch Scarface and the Five Heartbeats. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Those two movies could be more opposite. Yeah, polar opposites. Mm -hmm. Sound like you were real emotional. Because <laughs> so I'm, say a cocaine. I'm pissed off, <laughs> but I got this thing. I'm a lover, not a fighter, right? So I want to keep it with the ladies, 100. But I want to keep it. You want me I, kingpin. You the world is mine. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'll take all of you all, right? I got to be that. But I want to, you know, I want to be the romantic dude, the same too. And then I had to sit back, and I'm experiencing this thing. I'm living it, but then I pull out the Bible, and I'm like, Yo, I'm not that or that. I'm different. Those helped shape the narrative for the time I was living in, and I survived. But we got cats who still mimicking all of these people, and they don't know who they are. So they are carbon copies of stuff they, they like. Mm -hmm. Dude, you can't be a carbon copy and be better than the original. Yeah. Absolutely. It's something missing. Y'all remember the old carbon copy machine? Yeah. When they used to roll off them copies when y'all was in school? Mm -hmm. You get them black and white copies. It had lines and stuff all in it. And you look at the original. It's all in detail and pretty. I don't know when he was in school then. I'm going to be honest. I remember that. Yeah, I remember oh, printers. Kind of, he got printers. <laughs> yeah, printers. I don't think, I don't think he was in school then. <laughs> I'm sorry, Pastor. I, I ain't meaning it. Trying, I wasn't going to let him lie to you like that. He's lying. He's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, yeah, I remember spinning. <laughs> And they look gray, uh, like a little lighter than uh, the like a little, yeah, little yeah. strip. Yeah. I'll go there with yeah. you. Like I said, I've lived through <laughs> <laughs> the, the printer, the printer. I can tell the story because I lived it, right? Right, right. That's even with the past, you're like, dude, I can't even connect when you did your arm like that. Like, what is that? <laughs> right, that's the carbon copy machine. Look it up, <laughs> Google it. Y'all, Google everything. So, with that being said, um, <laughs> where were you when uh, Pastor Mike Todd spit on his uh, brother? I choose not to talk about that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. 
That's a tough one. That's fair. We talked about that off camera anyway. Yeah. I don't even know why he asked me. No, 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 it's all good. He tried to set me up because it's him. See, he didn't let y'all ask that. He want to ask that. No, I, I choose not to bash passes because it goes back into Absolutely. that thing you're talking about. Yeah. Off camera, yeah. I would say some yeah. things because y'all would get the heart of it. But see, when we put it out to the masses, we need to be mm. careful of what we're putting out there because if we put it out to the masses, we're responsible. That's why it's called mass media. We're responsible for the for the confusion in the masses. And because he sits in the office of pastor, I, I honor the office more so than I honor than the, the man sometimes. Yeah, and that's what we as black people need to learn a lot of the times. Bro, let me tell you something. Um, you're probably going to lose a lot of viewers on this one. We're going to clip oh, it up. Listen. Y'all probably cut this out just because of y'all, 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 y'all young and black and y'all went to a historically black colleges. Y'all probably gonna cut this out. First, at, uh, Donald Trump election. Mm. I told everybody that I know Donald Trump gonna win. Mm. Everybody else said, no, 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 no. We gonna come out. I said, no, we're not gonna come out. It's not gonna happen. Donald Trump's gonna win. Everybody told me no. I said, I'm telling y'all, he's riled up his base. He's yeah. gonna win. You all may not remember the days when Donald Trump was a national hero. I've seen the songs and all of where that. Where racism wasn't even in the conversation. I like Mike Tyson's career, Donald Trump. Michael Jackson's career, Donald Trump. Donald Trump put more black folks on in the 80s and the 90s than anybody was putting black folks on. I knew black folks was going to vote for Donald Trump, even though they didn't come out and say it. Here's my point. When you know... What you know, it's best that you roll with that mm. versus what the masses got to say. I didn't go online and I'm voting for Trump. Y'all should vote for that. man. I'm not, I'm not, I don't. I don't give political advice. Yeah. I do me. I'm gonna tell y'all so y'all can ready y'all emotions. So y'all ain't out here tearing up your neighborhood because you're <laughs> mad about the outcome. Mm. <laughs> but I'm telling you, looking at this, get ready to set your expectations up. And that's why. That's why. That's why I won't answer the Mike Todd question because. People ain't ready for a pastor to bash another pastor. That's ammo. That's oh, see, look, mm-hmm. look at the Christians. They, uh, they, you know. That's exactly what I always say. It's, it was like that's just giving people another notch under the belt of. Are you ready? You know. When Donald Trump became the president, I honored the seat, even though I don't agree with the man. Yeah. The office president deserves honor. I didn't have no problem honoring him when Barack was over there, and I didn't agree with everything he did either. Barack looked like me, but he didn't do nothing for people who looked like me. He did everything for people who look like the LGBTQ community. He was adamant, but I honored his office. The whole reason why they, why that movement is so strong now. They had a president on their side. Strong. Yeah. People counseled. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, y'all ain't ready for that one. Y'all promise y'all ain't ready for that one. Bro, if I was just to take you to the Black Lives Matter website and help black men to see what they signed up for. Have you ever been to the website? I have. Have you ever read there about us? Oh yeah. And you yeah. see what you you out here? That's home? why I never donated to him, bro. Yeah. Roscoe had me confused right now. I can see it oh, on I side. didn't read nothing. Yeah, that's why I never donated to him, <laughs> bro. Yeah. The Black Lives Matter had nothing. It was the antithesis of what black men did not need. Mm-hmm. It was the biggest power grab in the world. Yeah. And it was and black men sitting up there shaking their fists, hollering Black Lives Matter. I'm like, bro, you don't even understand. This whole movement is to replace you. This whole movement says that you're not equipped to lead. It was like a Trojan horse. Bro, the ma- the, in the most major way. You can't even watch a civil rights documentary today without it being a Black Lives Matter LGBTQ message at the end. Ava DuVernay did a wonderful job with 13th. I loved it. It was all facts until we get to the end. 
Now you gonna sell me on Black Lives Matter and in the LGBTQ community at the end? Oh, they got the funding, they got the sponsoring, they say what they want to say. And it's almost like it's a hip, it's like a, a hipster type thing. Like, of course, that wasn't cool back when you was growing up back then. But mm-hmm. nowadays, it's like have you ever watched, it's normalized. Have you ever watched uh, All in the Family or Sanford and Son? Yeah. Sanford and Son, but not yeah. All in the Family. I would tell anybody who wants to see the difference between the 70s kids and the 2000 kids, just watch Sanford and Son. Just watch one season and you will understand television was different. What I was exposed to and how we talked was totally different. The way we use words was different. The way we, you know, Expel judgment was different. We based a person based on what they did versus what they said. You know, if he was a crooked preacher, he was a crooked preacher. Like, yo, that's Calvin, the crooked crooked preacher. Whereas in y'all generations, well, you know, I don't fool with him. Ain't nobody going to call him crooked because they don't want to say nothing. It's better that we call him crooked so that nobody go down there and be a victim. Right. That's what I'm a part of. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's what I want to be a part of. I don't want to be a part of this culture that denies people who they are just because it feels better. Yo, this is why our kids are being victimized. Oh, want another hear that. word coming up. That. That's why our kids are being victimized because we won't be honest about the people that we put in positions of power. How could you put a person who's confused about he is in power over kids who don't know who they are? Mm. Here's 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 a word from uh, from the from the old wives totem. You cannot give what you don't have. It's true. We expect people to give knowledge, but they don't have it. Huh? Go to YouTube. It's a million how-to videos. Yeah. Man. How-to, how-to, how-to. And what's so funny is, if you watch five of them, you know they all watched the one, one. guy who knew what he was yeah. talking about, but they felt like they can do this better because they're cuter. Saying the same thing yeah. in a different way. Mm-hmm. When I was coming up, that's called copyright infringement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's called stealing. You are a thief. They got their little blue tag on there called federal license. I mean, in the NBA, says they don't use any of our pictures or videos without express legal permission. All that's erased. You just can take what somebody said, reduplicate it because you want. To. It's different, man. It's different. different. It's different. I wanna, I wanna ask you one last question um, before before we uh, get ready to head out. You said something earlier. It was in regards to um, who you are now. Ask. Are you a perfectionist? I am a perfectionist. Uh, you, know, you said you were a perfectionist, and you're the type of person that you know would rather do it on your own than have somebody mess it up. Am I saying that right? Nope. All right, go ahead, help me out. I would much rather it to be done right, right, than to get somebody who do it, who's going to do it and not do it at all. Do it right. You know mm. what I'm saying? I don't have to be number one. Mm. I just want it done right. Mm. So what I do is I make sure I learn what's necessary before I hire people. Mm. Um, I do enough to learn the language. Um, I got <laughs> this is a funny story. It hurt me one time that I did that. Um, I was sick. I was in the hospital. And the doctor offered me three different blood thinners. One, I didn't feel like I needed it. Mm-hmm. So I read up on it. Mm-hmm. I called the uncle of mine who was very well-versed in medicine. And he says, well, don't take this one. Don't take this one. Tr- try to get them to give you this one. It was Cumin, Zarelto, and another one. Well, the old man come in. He's an old guy. I said, sir, can you tell me why you're telling me to take this one versus this one? He went off on me, got mad at me. He says, if you want to take rat poison, we use it as rat poison in the 60s. That's what you want to take, you do it. I said, sir, that's, that's, that's not what I'm asking you. I'm just asking you. He's feeling inferior. I was black. He was Jewish. I was young. He was old. He wrote in my medical transcript. If you didn't know you got a medical transcript, whenever you go to the doctor, they write notes in there. It's obvious that the patient is highly intellectual, but he's hard headed. He put that in my notes. Huh? <laughs> 
I nearly died because yeah. of that note. Yeah. Crazy. Because yeah. I voiced what I knew. Mm-hmm. And then that insecurity he had, being an older Jewish doctor, me being a young black man, he wrote that in my notes. And five doctors, instead of reading my total chart, did not discover I did not have blood clots. I had pneumonia for three months, and it was un. Um, they didn't deal with it. They didn't deal with the pneumonia, and my lung collapsed, and I nearly died. I had to have a surgery that would have been unnecessary had not this doctor wrote that. So it can also get in trouble when you voice it. Sometimes you got to know what you know. And be chill. Because in that instance, me knowing what I knew about the medications he was offering, forced him to write that little note. My grandmother gave me another one. And you'll hear me quote my grandmother more than I quote my grandfather. It wasn't that my grandfather wasn't there. My grandfather had a speech impediment. He was robbed. He was hit over the head with a bat and lost his ability to speak. So my grandfather was a more action man. He was my hero. My grandfather wore a shirt and tie every day, even if he was cutting the grass or doing the dishes. But my grandmother was very vocal. She was enough voice for both of them. The lady just talked like crazy. But she said something to me, and I'll leave you with this. When you got your head in a lion's mouth, you don't pull it out and run. Pull it out slow. You keep your eye on the line and you back out. The sick environment where everybody want to either fight or flight. No, you got to back out because this thing has the ability to hurt you. Whatever situation you're in, it has the ability to hurt you. When you know you're dealing with a big thing that's bigger than you, yo, look at it face on. David versus Goliath. Keep your eye on this joker. And when you get far enough, you make a decision whether you're going to take it out or whether you're going to take off. Absolutely. We appreciate Both you coming on. y'all taking deep breaths. And Roscoe's been the quietest I've ever seen him on any podcast. Yeah. We appreciate you coming on, Pastor. <laughs> Soaking up game, man. Listen. Love, bro. Listen, listen. This is the Child by T podcast where we get real, raw, authentic conversations. Until next time.